tell me a little bit about um you know how, what does that mean to an owner to kind of have the right fit and have a good fit yeah so you know you you go to your um your peer group meetings and you come back with a ton of great ideas and you'll have one member talk about um you know a resource they're using and it has really helped to solve some problems so you you decide I'm, I'm gonna get that we need that you know we we had that with um um paychecks with their peo program it, it worked really well uh, for one of the people in our group so i thought that was going to solve a, a ton of our problems we tried it and it was just not a good fit for us um uh, another member has had very good luck with um uh, fractional cfo um you know so i thought that was the right fit for us and we, we went down that route had a fractional cfo um, after about nine months, I, I kind of got a feeling that it wasn't a really good fit for us. Um, and we needed something different. At that point, I felt like I had a, a strong grasp of the balance sheet, you know, our, our P&L statement, the way we were running our business. And I felt comfortable um, making all the journal entries and everything needed to be done. I just felt as if I needed someone uh, for lack of a better term, to check my work, to make sure that, you know, all the journal entries were done correctly, that I was, um, you know, crediting and debiting the right accounts. Uh, and that's where, where Bill came into play. Um, I think a lot of times business owners try something and, and stick with it too long. Um, you know, and you can run up a lot of costs that are really unnecessary. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to explain uh, to the fractional CFO, how our business worked, why we did certain things. And the, the issue I have on the fractional CFO, you have a fixed cost, but I really didn't know how much time was being spent on my business. So one of the things I really liked about working with Bill is I knew what he was doing and what I was paying for. Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Hi, this is Dan Crowley. We have a number of great owners in our peer group network, just like you, and our job is to give you a voice here on Peer Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by Robert Bell Insurance Brokers. They were founded in 1983 by Bob Bell to be the independent leader representing the equipment and party rental industries. Over the next decade, Robert Bell Insurance became that innovative force to provide the best price, industry knowledge, and service to the rental industry. I am excited to have Tom Morley on the program today. He is the CEO of DNB Rentals out of Northern Virginia area. Um, he's been the president there since. February of 2016. And, uh, you know, he came out of George Mason University and really was focusing on IT before he came back to his family business, DNB Rentals. Tom will be joined by Bill Fritz, who is the director of small business at RKL LLP. You know, he is not your typical CPA. He essentially um, works with business owners and assesses any accounting situation and quickly provides the best solution. In the last 25 years, he's been an accountant, he's been a consultant, and he's been a financial manager. So many small businesses are leaning on him for some direction. Hi, this is Dan Crowley with another edition of Peer Talk. Um, today, I am happy to say we have with us a Virginian and a Pennsylvanian. We have 
Tom Morley from DNB Rentals is here to join us. And Bill Fritz is his guest who comes by way of Pennsylvania. And um, the topic today, we're going to talk about using outside expertise to sharpen the saw. And uh, we all, I feel, you know, just in setting this up, we we all come across that moment in time where we know we're going to have to use someone outside of our own business, our own employees. And so the question is, how do you do that efficiently, effectively, and at the right price point for what you're trying to do with your company? So with that being said, I want to introduce Tom from D&B Rentals. Tom, welcome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, we're glad we're here. You're here. Um, Tom, could you share with us a little bit about DNB Rentals, what kind of rental it is, where you're focused, and you know, your your origin story, how you came about to be part of that? Sure, sure. We uh we are located in Sterling, Virginia. We're about five minutes from uh, from Dulles Airport, uh, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half outside of DC, depending on what traffic's like. So uh metropolitan area, uh business was started in 1977. Um, we were full rental store, uh, party, uh, tools, costumes, everything. Um, I came in uh, after finishing up at George Mason university in uh, 1999. Um, I had only planned to be there for a short period of time. I wanted to go into the it field. I was taking some, um, course, you know, some courses, uh, related to, um, database integration, with with websites and uh that was right about the time of the um dot-com bust so you know everything was great in that field on a thursday and then on a monday all all those offices were were closing up because no one had a legit business plan um if you knew how to use a computer you could find somebody who was going to fund you and get your business started um and there were a lot of businesses that started up really without a, a clear plan and did not last very long um, like I said, I only planned to be there for a DMB rentals for a short period of time while I was getting my uh, career path laid out. Saw things start to fall apart in the IT field and thought that, um, you know, maybe there was something to be said for this rental business, especially um, when when you can, um, I guess, be be the master of your own destiny to a degree, right? You You have an idea of what's coming down the line. You don't have to worry about uh, going to a company happy hour on a Thursday. And then coming on Monday to get a get a pink slip because the hey, rental uh, rental is is uh, recession proof. We love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I took a took a look around and thought that I would try to give this rental thing a go. My father had been running it um, for about 20 years at that point, 20, 22 years, I think, and uh, started to, you know, iron things out, take a look at what we were good at. We wound up getting rid of the party. Uh, went into the the dealership side for a little while, trying to sell things like zero turn mowers, handheld equipment, items like that. Uh, we did that for about 10 years, and then about 2017, we started to move into a pure rental model. We uh, we, we thought that those items were the most profitable. We found that the dealership and the rental house um, competed, you know, for the same resources, right? Which is going to be, you know, um, high skill employees and uh, and capital, um, you know, to run the business. So we decided that we were going to go in the rental uh, and and abandon the dealership. And then um, I joined Peer Groups shortly after in 2018. Um, I think we were Construction Bag at the time was the name. We are now 
uh, the Buffalo bag, the, uh, the home of the traveling preachers. And, yes. Uh, yes. You know, so, so I, that's I, for, I think I forced that name on you guys too. It was, it was too easy to set up and now it like, it sticks like glue Buffalo bag, but obviously one of our more successful groups, we have 23 soon to be 26 this spring. We have three new groups forming, but um, definitely one of our leading groups, right? Buffalo bag. So we appreciate you being part of that. And it's been about five years now. So you're, you're hanging in tough, but that might've been a good spot where, you know, you started to expose yourself and learn from operators that are, you know, maybe are a little bigger. Some of them might've had some business planning. Is that kind of how you started to hone your, your craft as a CEO? Um, I, I think so. You know, it, it's funny. Um, two of the guys who I would consider, you know, smaller operators in our group um, uh, really are, are at the, the forefront of, of our group with finance. Um, you know, Robert Sloan and Ryan Henderson. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, those, those guys know their numbers forward and backwards. And, uh, you know, like I said, I never planned to own a business, run a business. I wanted to do IT. So my financial background was very weak. Um, I remember being at a, a meeting where you were leading it because uh, Lance wasn't there for, for some reason. I think it's when we were up in Ohio. Huh. And uh, they started asking me a whole bunch of questions about my balance sheet, my P&L statement. I, I finally was just like, I don't know. You know, I really, I really don't know any of this stuff. I don't, I don't have a lot of training. Um, you know, so that's where I, I kind of figured, figured out that I needed some help. Uh, but no, you definitely learn a lot from, from the bigger guys. But, um, you know, some of the, the smaller operators really, really know their numbers and uh, they manage their businesses very well. Yeah. Well, you know, again, we're talking about using outside expertise. We're going to pull Bill in here in a, in a second. But I do want to mention that um, this just ties into your peer group. You know, we offer uh, HR and CFO summits, um, which are really tailored for bookkeepers to understand their chart of accounts and ask any questions and all questions they have related to their chart of accounts. And I got to tell you, I've never seen a peer group take to a finance summit like your group did uh, i think would you have four owners side by side in that I, I think it was three of us i think it was um garrett and uh chris were, were and you yeah okay i think that was it it's still pretty good showing right so the, yeah. that main attendance was controllers cfos bookkeepers and uh and of course we had guests and one of the guests was this gentleman here bill fritz bill why don't you say hello Hello, how you doing? I'm the Pennsylvania guy here. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, tell us a little bit about um, your practice and why I may have dragged your uh, butt into the CFO Summit. No, no, absolutely. Uh, uh, Dan, uh, as you know, I'm a CPA. My, uh, I probably spent 30 plus years. You know, I got a good background in not just uh, public accounting, you know, being a CPA, doing audits and things like that. I have a, a, a good background in private industry, being a controller, being a CFO. So I, I think one of the things that I sort of stand out in terms of some of the other CPAs out there is that I've done that. I've been in operational experience as a CFO and, and controller. So, you know, I think that experience, uh, you know, certainly is uh, welcome when I get with my clients. Gotcha. Excellent. And um, I can't remember, did you guys meet at all up there? I know you were both in the room, but didn't know if you. Well, 
we have not met. Well, we met at your the CFO summit. Yeah, that's what I wondered. Yeah, I did, I, Tom and I, I met, but we've done a lot of Zoom calls together. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I I picked up Bill's card. Um, you know, it, it's like most things related to peer group. There's not a lot of free time. Um, you know, we we work start to finish. At least you know, in, in the Buffalo bag groups, it, it, there's a lot of work and uh, not a lot of free time. But I did manage to to get Bill's card and reach out to him afterwards. So let's talk about the issues that bring about, you know, reaching out to people and and things like that. We've seen, you know, and you name it, we have it, right? And if you go on our new website, um, that's a little little push there. We have a new website for peer executive groups. And if you go on there and click on consultants, you'll see Bill's face there, but you'll see another 20 people up there. So they all get used in different ways, but but really it comes back to what makes an owner have an issue that he wants to kind of tackle and maybe reach out? You know, when we talked about doing this episode, Tom, you had mentioned um, through my, you know, I'm active with you on an EOS level, at least working with you, that, um, you know, you have gone down the path, made mistakes, cleaned it up, gone down the path again and got, you know, the right fit for you. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what does that mean to an owner to kind of have the right fit and have a good fit? Yeah. So, you know, you, you go to your, um, your peer group meetings and you come back with a ton of great ideas and you'll have one member talk about, um, you know, a resource they're using and it has really helped to solve some problems. So you're, you decide I'm going to get that. We need that. You know, we, we had that with, um, um, paychecks with their PEO program. It, It worked really well, uh, for one of the people in our group. So I thought that was going to solve a, a ton of our problems. We tried it and it was just not a good fit for us. Um, uh, another member has had very good luck with um, uh, fractional CFO. Um, you know, so I thought that was the right fit for us. And we, we went down that route, had a fractional CFO. Um, after about nine months, I, I kind of got a feeling that it wasn't a really good fit for us. Um, and we needed something different. At that point, I felt like I had a, a strong grasp of the balance sheet, you know, our, our P&L statement, the way we were running our business, and I felt comfortable um, making all the journal entries and everything needed to be done. I just felt as if I needed someone, uh, for lack of a better term, to check my work to make sure that, you know, all the journal entries were done correctly, that I was, um, you know, crediting and debiting the right accounts. Uh, and that's where where Bill came into play. Um, I think a lot of times business owners try something and, and stick with it too long, um, you know, and you can run up a lot of costs that are really unnecessary. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to explain uh, to the fractional CFO how our business worked, why we did certain things. And the the issue I have on the fractional CFO, you have a fixed cost, but I really didn't know how much time was being spent on my business. So one of the things I really liked about working with Bill is I knew what he was doing and what I was paying for. Gotcha. Excellent. So the so that's a really good point that you bring up about um, it, it almost sounds like similar to when you have an employee like slow to hire quick to fire right like you could you could l- be lulled into a relationship i have a couple right now that i just am going to have to pull the plug on and um 
but it, they've been going on for a while and and it's hard to set that end point um when so nine months it came and you decided that now's the time you're going to pull it but like it, was it literally it took you up to nine months or was it something where it lagged for a couple months and then you decided to it it did we went we went three more months um and then I had the conversation um, with him and he, and he was very good. He allowed us to um, uh, back out of the contract and, and, and scaled it down over the last three months, the costs uh, mm-hmm. and really helped me to understand uh, how to use the tools that he had developed. Um, okay. You know, there, there's a handful full of um, um, different Excel spreadsheets that we use as part of our monthly close. He helped me, um, you know, make all the modifications and and move forward with them. So, and and he's been a good resource since. If I had a quick question, you know, he would return my calls and take care of us. But, um, you know, at about a nine month point, I, I thought that it was a service that we really didn't need. Um, and spent the next three months, I think, just making sure that I was right before we pulled the plug. Mm. So you, so then you, you pull, you, you know, you pull the trigger on that. You start to look around, and you remember Bill Fritz, I guess, from the CFO summit. Bill, I want to turn to you. This will be good. Tom's never heard you say this. So how did he come off on that first call? Did he scope his project well? Was did you guys have to talk through it a little bit, or was it pretty clear you, you knew what he wanted? Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that was real important with Tom was he wanted flexibility, and that was something I was able to do. Um, you know, whether it was one hour or a couple hours a month. And, you know, I think the lot, lot of the thing, our work we do is there's a lot of interaction between the two of us. So he knows what we're, you know, the hours I'm spending. So, you know, it's extremely transparent. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's the most important thing Tom wanted was the flexibility. And I was able to give him that flexibility. That's great. Good. And Bill, when in your case, you you know, you work with Tom, how many Toms would you say that you typically work with? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, <laughs> in terms, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think when, the, you know, in terms of the work I do, you have different levels of owners you work with. You know, I know Tom says he, you know, there's a lot, you know, he doesn't have the financial, but he does have a lot of good, he has his eye on the ball. So, you know, it's a different, uh, you know, um, skill set sometimes the owners have, and sometimes you got to flex to that. And, uh, you know, I, you know I, I also work with a lot of owners that uh, need more help, you know, because they, they don't have that expertise. And, you know, you, tie, you, you pretty much dial that up a little bit. Gotcha. You, know, you, you pretty much flex it to what the owner needs. And that's yeah. what I think I've always been very good at. Very cool. And and Tom, you've done um, obviously done this on the financial side. Have you done this in other areas of your company, like HR or anything else? No, we we tried a um, using a PEO, but as far as uh, like a fractional HR service, we have not. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely something that we could look at. I'm sure it's an area where where we're lacking. Um, you know, but outside of um, the, the fractional CFO and, and accounting help, not not so much um you know maybe some advertising as far as you know google adword management things like that mm-hmm. um you know we've used consultants for things like that in marketing but that's about it yeah and, we, and you know eos is something where you're using an yeah. outside solution to work on your business operationally so that's a good example of an outside service also we we see some people using bamboo hr to help sub- supplement the hr 
function, right? Stuff like that. But um, okay, very cool. And then, um, Bill, give us an example of other types of engagements you would see with a small business similar to a rental type of company. What other things would people hire you to be part of? You said a little bit about the education part. Is that is that something you find a little coaching well, happening? In, absolutely. There's a lot of education that goes on. Um, you know, whether it's uh, in terms of managing their books or the accounting, um, you know, coaching, you know, that's that's a lot that, you know, I do. Um, you know, there's also some businesses that, you know, depending on their size, they might have, you know, a, a bookkeeper or a controller that I'm doing a lot of the coaching and, you know, oversight for for the owner because the owner wants to make sure there's good oversight in the business. It, You know, Dan, it really depends. I mean, it depends mm-hmm. on how active the owner is in the financial side of it. You know, in this case, Tom is very active in the financial, but there's there's other clients, um, they're not as active. And, you know, I step in and be more, you know, more the CFO and pro- providing that oversight that the owner is looking for. Got it. Okay, perfect. Well, it's interesting, all the different types of scopes that you might work with. I mean, you may say, Dan, I got 20 clients, but they're all like, you're doing different things at different ones and different time frames and implementation. So, Tom, for you, you're now we're in mid-November. You're getting ready for the end of the year. You finished the year of 23 almost. You have a few more weeks left. What is on your horizon? What do you see? Obviously, you haven't done your annual planning session yet, but when you look at your SWOT analysis, um, what types of things do you have in your head for the future that you would you're just starting to scratch that itch trying to get interested in? What would be an example of some of that? We are um, very reactionary when it comes to sales. We need to be proactive. So we are going to look for some sales training um, because that is definitely an area where we are lacking. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, that, that is, it's about sales. Um, and then trying to better develop the relationships we have with existing customers. You know, when we get, you know, a, a rental for a scissor lift from a, a plumbing company, um, our guys are very good at taking the order, making sure it's there on time, but we don't follow up. You know, is this a plumbing company that doesn't rent very often? Are they renting, you know, from someone else and, and that other rental company didn't have it? Is there an opportunity for more rentals or is this a plumber who's only going to rent a scissor lift maybe once or twice a year? So we are going to start working at reaching out to these customers to find out more about them. Um, you know, how did they come across us? You know, why did they call us? Are they going to rent again? And, and what can we do to, to be, you know, the company that they call when they need something? Got it. You know, being more proactive and less of order takers. Now, along those same lines, um, you know, end of year, next year, planning, yada, yada. You started the process a year ago to start to establish a one-year plan. Now, I don't know if that evolved into a budget or pro forma, but what is your plan for 2024 as it relates to that? Are you going to try to do a budget or a pro forma? You know, we did run a budget, and Bill actually helped us develop a budget. Um, you know, within QuickBooks, I think you can look at, you know, budget versus actual. You know, we um, we did spend a little bit of time looking at that. Um, but it, it's it's pretty tough with our business because, you know, one of our major costs is, is repair costs. You know, and and whether it's your your trucks or your equipment, and it's really hard to foresee, you know, 
what issues are going to be coming up. I mean, you can you can do your your regular scheduled maintenance, but it's hard to know if there's going to be a freak accident or or some sort of an issue with a machine. And that you know that along with labor are two biggest costs this year. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, the three biggest you know truck expenses, labor, and repair of equipment. Repair of equipment is just you know skyrocketed this this past year and that that's that's a tough one to handle because you want to do maintenance and you want to make sure that you know all your equipment's in good shape but it's it's hard when you know uh, a part that was a hundred dollars three years ago is now three hundred and fifty dollars it's really mm-hmm. hard to stick to a but you know w- with the inflation that we've had over the last couple of years it is really hard to to budget and stick to a budget because you just don't know what's coming down the line yeah well i kind of um setting you up a little bit because we uh just had a peer group meeting two days ago where we um, have created a budgeting tool for rental and um, it'll be video that you guys can click on and see, but essentially builds in assumptions around topics like that and says, you know, at some point you have to decide if you're going to add additional people or um, not, right, or reduce your workforce. Um, And at some point you have to decide if what your fleet buys are going to be and what you're going to hold in terms of your inventory of rental assets. So there whether you like it or not, everybody has to do budgeting, right? At some point right. or some kind of pro forma. It it can't be 100% reactive. So, um that being said, Bill, are do you find with your clients are you doing a bit with pro formas and budgets or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I I think some of the clients are very good at uh, you know putting together some annual budgets that uh, you know that they do file quarter quarter and then you know definitely you do work with some small businesses that uh, you know don't want to do the uh, the budget out you know it, it all depends Dan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and the other thing I would say is uh, because we're so active with you guys with composite books we're seeing uh, the trends happening right so if we know that labor costs as a percentage of revenue are growing at a rate faster than all the other expenses, we need to think about that. We need to think what that means in terms of earnings and cash flow and things like that. Um, I want to ask you, Tom, um, how much time do you spend thinking about the health of your company and the balance sheet? Is that is that do you do that regularly with your PL or is it more like, hey, we're PL guys, like I don't want to look at the balance sheet. I'll look at it once a quarter or something like that. Oh, no, no. I mean, every month, I mean, yeah, you know, we, month. we, all of our goals, you know, for sales, um, P and L, we, we look at everything every month. I mean, we honestly, we look at sales daily, you know, we know what the numbers are supposed to be each day in order to reach our goal. So, uh, I don't, you can't be asleep at the wheel. You, you have to pay attention to that. Um, and, and you still, you know, you still operate your business with, you know, a feel and experience, um, and what you've learned over the years, but but the numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's a great, great way to end our topic for today. Um, you know, trying to figure out how to get to the next level with your business and plan growth and get there. A lot of it has to do with the owner's education and moving to the next step and knowing what you're supposed to do in your CEO hat role, role right? So, um, Tom, you have a leader group? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leadership team. Yeah, leadership team. Sorry, leadership yeah. team. So, what are the what are those roles that they uh, fill in the company? This is just helpful to the other people. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, we had four. Uh, we did have one person uh, retire 
who um Derek was uh was our, our lead um you know yard facilities guy. Um we have Matt who runs our, our sales counter, he's in charge of sales. Um and then Miguel is our integrator. Um he is our office manager. So we we had um we had four, uh dropped it down to three. Uh we didn't have that the right person, right? We didn't have right person, right seat. So we didn't just stick somebody in to keep a fourth. We we thought that we were were better with three when um you know when when one of the um the newer employees, you know, shows that they've developed to a point that we think that they could be on the leadership team, we'll put them there. We're not just going to um stick somebody there so that we we fill that seat, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. It's great. I mean, especially considering that weekly you guys are looking at metrics and you know they have to understand the metrics they have to know how they can change them so um i i applaud you on on identifying and managing who's on the leadership team right because sometimes we don't do that so excellent bill any uh final words for uh our listeners here on the podcast related to um using outside people well i mean i i think uh um you know, I think using outside people is is a good thing. I think I think Tom gets a lot of benefit out and, and from a flexibility standpoint, which is good. Um, you know, I think there's there's always things that we come up when we review things that uh, you know, good ideas. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, definitely can be very cost effective in using outside people. Be, being being in your seat at one point or another in my career, I would also comment that. Um, if you're thinking about using somebody, definitely um, two things. One is try to be really clear about your scope of what you're looking for. But more than that, look for how the professional responds. So if the professional is asking you a lot of questions, it's probably a good thing. It means they're trying to like get themselves really dialed into what your expectations are and what the end goal is for the relationship. So that's my word of advice. Tom, anything you want to add to that or? I, I would I would agree with that completely. Um, I think that before you even start interviewing people or reaching out, write down what does success look like with this relationship? What do I want? Because um, I think we have a tendency to stick with something that is not working because it can be somewhat comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you wind up adjusting your expectations and goals to to meet the situation that you have. So I think you definitely need to have a clear definition of what success looks like before you start and then be honest, you know, is this relationship meeting that need or are you are are you where you wanted to be or are you trying to make something work that doesn't work because that is you know the positive of using a consultant versus you know hiring an employee um it is much easier to end that relationship you know, if it is an outside consultant. Very cool. Well, perfect. It's a perfect way to end this episode of Peer Talk. So, uh, Tom, thank you for being our guest. Bill, thanks for being a guest today. Thanks, Dan. Great. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Until next time. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.